There was a time in Jesus' ministry, Luke tells us, where he was traveling down a road. And as he traveled down the road, he was struck by what he saw on the roadside. He was traveling through Samaria, a region that was off limits for most Jews. And he was making his way into Galilee. And as he traveled that road, he, he, was, he was struck by the, the ten men on the roadside that particular day. Those ten men would have looked differently. The Bible doesn't have to tell us that. We would assume that because they had leprosy. They would have been ostracized from their, from their countrymen because of that particular disease. They would have been put out of the temple. And the reason they caught Jesus' attention was because of what they were crying out. They were crying out to him, acknowledging him to be God and asking him to have mercy on them. Jesus would stop, as he often would, most of his ministry, or at least much of his ministry, was kind of in the midst of interruptions. You know, he was moving from point A to point B, and someone would, would come to him, and he would stop what he was doing, and he would minister. We see that all through the Gospels, and on this occasion, Jesus would, would stop his journey because they were now his journey. And he would tell these ten men with leprosy to go and to show themselves to the priest, which was kind of going back all the way to the Old Testament period where they would go and show themselves to the priest because they had been healed. And it was interesting for Jesus to say that to them. He, he would tell them to go and to show themselves because that would be a step of faith that he was the healer. And so they leave and they make now a new journey to the priest to show themselves to be healed from Jesus, the Son of God. And yet there would be one that would turn around, Luke tells us in his gospel. And when he came back to Jesus, he, the Bible says in Luke 17 that he fell down at Jesus's feet and he began to glorify God, and he thanked him. He thanked him. Yeah, I don't know if you're like me, but for me, I realize that it's often in the midst of the busyness of life, and a lot of times even doing good things, maybe even in the midst of ministry, that we stop just to pause and to tell God thanks. Not just a passing thanks, like when you tell your kids, hey, don't forget to say thank you, and it's like, thanks, you know, they move on. Not that kind of thanks, but I mean one where we, in a sense, whether literally or figuratively, we hit our knees, and we just pause, and we thank God for who He is, and we thank God that in the midst of our need, when we needed a Savior, that He is that, and that when we called out to Him, that He didn't say, like Elaine verbalized so, so well, He didn't say, we'll get a little better, and I'll listen. No, He said, come to me as you are, and I will meet you where you are. And when you come on my terms through repentance and faith, I will forgive you and I will save you and I will keep you forever. You know, a lot of times we get so busy that we forget to just simply verbalize to God thanks. Jesus gave the local church two specific ordinances, two things to keep in mind, two things to practice consistently. One of those is baptism as we've witnessed. And Elaine, I just want to say personally, thank you for what you've done. That was just an amazing, amazing testimony. And I know the truth of how God saves us. I've known it for a long time, but it is something special about seeing the gospel demonstrated through a life that proudly yields everything. So thanks. Jesus said... Jesus said to the local church, practice baptism. For those who've given their lives to Jesus, be baptized. Because even in our culture today, where there is no risk of standing in a body of water and being plunged beneath and shown that we're proud to follow Jesus, it is still a very, very bold statement that Jesus is my Lord and I am who I am because of him.
So Jesus said to the local church, be baptized. But he also said to the local church, observe the Lord's Supper. Baptism typically is one time. You know, if you're like me, for some of us, you know, we accepted Christ early on. There was a day when we really wrestled with that and wondered, did I really get saved? You know, did I do it right? That kind of stuff. And you got baptized again. I understand that may be the case for a lot of you. uh, But it only takes once for us to give our lives to Jesus and he never leaves us. Typically, baptism is one time. It shows that our relationship with God is secure and it is consistent and it never ends. Lord's Supper, however, is practiced continually. The Bible says as often as you, as you take of this. It doesn't say how often, once a quarter, once a month, once a year. It just says as often as you take of this, do this in remembrance of me, Jesus said. And it is a reminder that though our relationship with God is secure for all time when we come to him through Jesus, our fellowship with God sometimes comes and goes. There are times when we are especially close to God in our fellowship, and then there are times when we are especially far from God in our fellowship. The relationship is still secure through Jesus, but our fellowship at times ebbs and flows, and it's the Lord's Supper that reminds us, and it gives us an opportunity to take inventory of our lives and to see if there's any sin that has come in, anything that has stolen our allegiance, stolen our love for Christ, to where when we come to the Lord's Supper, we can examine ourselves, and we can take inventory, and we can make sure that we're at peace with one another and at peace with with God. And wherever we've fallen short, wherever we've wandered, wherever we've become selfish, wherever there is something between us and God, he tells us in 1 John 1, 9, that if we just confess our sins, and if we, if we confess them to him, that he is faithful and he's just to forgive us, and then to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so for some, maybe today, you've come in, and you're a believer, you've given your life to Christ. What Elaine has said resonates with you, because you remember the day when you were 7 or 8 or 10 or 20 or 30, when you gave your life to Christ. And you know that relationship is secure, but your fellowship has suffered. And maybe there was a, a tragedy that came, or maybe there was a, something that shook your faith, or maybe there was a, a, just a kind of a moment in the wilderness for you when you wandered and you walked so far away, and today you're here. <laughs> and God has orchestrated the whole entire thing. And it says, we pause, and as we remember what our salvation cost us and what he gave first, that we can give thanks. And as we give thanks, we can surrender all over again. To say, Lord... The things that have come between us, I confess, and I walk away, and to you I run. You see, when we don't give thanks, it reflects that our heart has become selfish. When we don't give thanks, it reflects maybe that we've even wandered from God. We think more about what we can get from him as opposed to who he is in our lives. But when we pause and we honestly, from our hearts, we give thanks. It reflects a passage in Psalm chapter 50 that I want you to take a look at on the overhead. Psalm chapter 50, take a look at what the psalmist writes here in verse 14 and verse 15. He says, offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. And then he quotes God and he says, call upon me in the day of trouble and I shall rescue you and you will honor me. You see, the psalmist there in Psalm 50 kind of drew a direct correlation. He, 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 he partnered together. He married our thanksgiving and our acknowledgement of God's authority in our lives. 
He says there at the very beginning in verse 14 to offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Give him thanks, a sacrifice, not just a head nod, not just a, you know, a, a check in an offering plate, not just a, you know, a, a meaningless tribute to him that really doesn't come from the heart. He says offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Let it be from the heart. Let it be deep from within. Let it be from, 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 from a, a heart of, of uh, genuineness and authenticity. Offer to God a sacrifice of praise. But understand that when we do that, we're doing that to the God who is the most high. We're acknowledging that he is in, in authority over all. He is in authority of this world. He is in authority over the affairs of this world. And he is in authority over each and every one of us. And so when we bring to him our gratitude and when we genuinely pause and we thank him, we're acknowledging who he is, but we're also acknowledging what he's done for us. And in the context of the Lord's Supper today for us, we're able to do both. We're able to check our hearts and if needed, come home. And we're able to give him the glory that is due because of the amazing God that he is and because of the incredible blessings that he's poured into our lives. You know, when the hurricane came a few weeks ago, like your family, our family was packing up. We were in the yard, tying things down and pulling toys in and you know, just kind of getting everything secure so it didn't blow away. We didn't know what to expect. On the inside, maybe for you, you were putting things up higher. You know, you're raising things that you didn't want to get flooded if water came into the, to the home. And our family was no different. We were getting things ready outside and we were getting things ready on the inside. I think it was after everything had come and, and had, had gone and things were beginning to move back to some form of normal in a sense that Susie and I were talking and she had done most of the inside and she had placed in just kind of in a safe place things that were most important and she told me after the fact she said you know I was able to put the things that were most valuable in one Rubbermaid one little bin imagine that all the possessions all the things that you work for all the toys and gadgets, what's most important goes in one bin. Documents and pictures. People couldn't fit there. Documents and pictures. And the people that mean the most. You know, it's times like that that make you pause and reflect on what does matter most. And hopefully for every one of us, if we had a little bin of our own and God said, put in it what matters most, there'd be some people you'd put in there and there'd be some things you'd put in there. But I really hope for every one of us on the top, figuratively, would be our relationship with him, our salvation, things that can never be shaken or taken away. You know, there was a place in Jesus's ministry on many occasions where he paused and he said, thanks, John chapter 6. Feeding the 5,000, Jesus would take the bread and the fish and he would pause and he would give thanks to the Father in heaven. John chapter 11, when one of his closest friends, Lazarus, would pass away, before Jesus would raise him from the dead, proving that he's God, he would pause and he would thank the Father for hearing the prayer that he prayed. And in Luke 22, there was another setting where Jesus paused and he gave thanks. And it ties right in with what we're doing this morning. Take a look at what it says here. In the book of Luke, chapter 22, it says, When the hour had come, this is towards the close of Jesus' ministry, just before his crucifixion, it said, When the hour had come, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him, and he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. 
For I say to you, I shall never again eat it until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to them, saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. This morning, if you have given your life to Christ, it's in this context of the Lord's Supper where we take of the bread and take of the, of the, the cup, the juice, where we're able to take inventory of our walks with God. And if there's any sin in your life that's come between you and the Lord, boy, no better time than now to confess it and to experience Him filling you and experiencing Him forgiving you and experiencing that fellowship restored again. But if you've never given your life to Christ, boy, my greatest desire for you this morning is that right where you sit, in childlike faith, not trying to find the perfect words because there are none, but with simple authenticity and surrender that right where you sit that you would pray and you would admit your sin to God and your need for a Savior and that you would invite Jesus to come in and forgive you and take over. And he'll do just that. He'll answer that prayer and he'll never leave you and he'll have a place waiting for you and a purpose in your life today until that time comes. Let's pray. Lord, as we move into a time to celebrate the Lord's Supper. And as we first quiet our own hearts and take inventory of our lives, we pray that you'd give us wisdom. Lord, we pray that you'd give us direction. And God, that you would even search our hearts and show us things that have moved in between us and you. God, we pray that as we do that, Lord, that, uh, that we would be quick to confess those sins that have come in. And Lord, that we would allow not only your grace to take its place, but that we would rejoice in the fact that you're a God who loves us and who forgives us and who cleanses us. Lord, I pray that as we search our hearts and as we take of the Lord's Supper at a moment, that we can do that knowing that we are clean the best we can be and that we are surrendered. And as we draw close to you, God, that this would be a time of worship. And Lord, for those that have never given their lives to Jesus this morning, I pray that they would understand their greatest desire or their greatest need is to give their lives to Christ by faith and to trust that his payment on the cross is enough to forgive them and make them right with you, O oh God. But Lord, that gift is not ours until we receive it, and it's only when we do turn from our sin and invite Christ to forgive and take over that we're saved. And so God, may this be a time of salvation for many here this morning as they choose to follow Jesus from this day forward. And so Lord, bless this time, we pray. Thank you for the worship that it is, and thank you for making it what it is through your sacrifice for us. And it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen.